Girlwise is a safe space to learn and discuss all kinds of topics through anecdotes and evidence-based research. I'm your host, Brenda Nicole, and welcome to Girlwise. Oh, the holidays. For those who celebrate, it can be, hopefully, a time of joy, peace, partying, and ending the year. Yet sometimes people may try to find ways to sneak back into our lives, taking advantage of our feelings of generosity and openness this time of year inspires. Or maybe you're the one who wants to slide back into their messages because of the rush you get from the what if. Look, I get it. A holiday fling that ends in a New Year's kiss sounds like a dream. Well, Have no fear, my dears, because we're going to get into all the messy situations of breaking or not breaking no contact, but most importantly, what it means for us when we decide. Hey everyone, before we begin, I wanted to give a clear and important disclaimer to ensure that listeners understand the limitations of the advice given on this podcast. I am not a professional or expert on the topics being discussed, and you should always use your own judgment when it comes to where you stand on a subject and making decisions. While I do my best to direct you in what I think is the right direction, it is always wise to consult with a qualified professional when seeking advice on a particular issue. References will be in the show notes so you can take a look at the places I'm getting my information from as well. You know your own story and situation better than anyone else, so do what is best for you always. Thank you so much and enjoy this episode. Wanting to go no contact with someone is one thing, but truly committing yourself to that challenge can be extremely difficult, especially when there is romantic history and you're still not over them. Now, the question of whether or not you should get back together with an ex is not something that I can give a simple answer to, as there are too many variables in each situation. My personal opinion is no freaking way, but I know that if you want to do it, then there's nothing I can say to stop you. So instead, we're going to break down no contact. Let's start with if you want nothing to do with your ex, but they thought they might cast a fishing line to see what they catch. There are two options. Either the thought revolts you and you wonder why they're not blocked, or it works and they have you toying with the idea of replying. Of course, in the first one, you block them or leave them on red, though I have spoken out about this, to make a point and move on. Obvious. In the second scenario, things get a little more complex. You thought you were over them, but why did their name on your phone with a message make your heart rate jump a little? Maybe you haven't spoken in a long time and the past reasons why you broke it off are starting to get a little hazy. Listen, I know that feeling of wanting to text your ex or wanting them to text you. I completely get it. Especially during the Christmas season, I tend to get all romantic and six years ago, if I were to have received a text from my ex during the holidays, I would have freaked out. He's thinking about me. He wants me as much as I want him. I feel validated and worthy. I used to want to go back to my ex, not even kidding, two days after breaking up, sometimes even less. There's this certain feeling of not wanting to accept that it's truly over and just wanting for them to send you a JK lull that will send a wave of relief. But somehow, at least for me, they never came. And an ex is one thing. If an ex situationship or crush texted me, I would have been over the moon. 
Now, I would be like, what the heck? Why aren't you blocked? But back then, just receiving a simple hey from a guy I liked would have me in delusion town so fast. Granted, even now getting a text from someone I like this time of year would have me thinking that my Christmas romance would happen. But there's no way that I would answer a text from an ex anymore. Ew. Enough time and reflection in that time have awoken me to the fact that closure is something you give yourself. You cannot wait for the other person to give it to you. A topic that I will discuss next season. In the third scenario, you are the one who wants to reach out, but you have no idea what that feeling overcoming you to do so is. But it's strong enough to override that little voice in your head telling you deep down that it's a bad idea. Maybe in the beginning, you tell yourself that it's just to see how they're doing or because something reminded you of them recently. Maybe there hasn't been a day that goes by that you don't think about them and your self-restraint has reached its limit and you want to satiate that curiosity and want. Licensed therapist Anita Chilipala, interviewed by Elite Daily, explains a few reasons why this feeling might arise. Up first, they've left a void. Quote, you spent time together and now that you're broken up, you also have a void that used to be filled by your partner, end quote. And so you're left wanting to go back to comfort with what you used to know instead of putting in the work to fill it up with other things life has to offer. It's hard work, I know. Up next, you really do want to stay friends. Quote, the person who did the breaking up might want to be friends, but the partner who was broken up with might misplace significance and think the communication means something when it doesn't, end quote. This actually happened in my last relationship all those years ago. Even though the relationship was absolutely terrible in every way possible, the thing that I kept repeating to him afterward was, you were my best friend. I've also lost my best friend. Now I realize that I was just lonely and needed to get new, better, and real healthy friendships, But when you let yourself get lost in an all-consuming relationship, that tends to happen. She continues to say, quote, It's okay if you don't want to end the communication right away, but you do want to pay attention to whether the communication is making it more difficult to move on. Staying in touch can prolong your pain and keep you from meeting someone else. And last one, you're just looking for comfort. She says, There's also comfort in the familiar. You might be letting your thoughts run rampant, thinking you're never going to find someone again, and that you'll be single forever, and so your fear gets the best of you, and having a connection with your ex provides you some comfort, end quote. Again, moving on and letting the new stage in your life turn into that comfort is not an easy task. Heartbreak is never fun, but remembering why things didn't work out in the first place is a good way to remind yourself that you deserve commitment, safety, and stability. Not necessarily because your ex wasn't a good person, but because they, or even you, couldn't be that for now. So is falling back in love with an ex even healthy or a good idea? You have to be the judge of that. Someone once said that the best way to tell if you should is if the reasons why you broke up no longer apply. And that takes work on both parties. Of course, if only a few days or even weeks have passed, then it's not fair to expect change by then. Is it possible to have a successful relationship with an ex? Yes. Does it take a lot of effort from both parties? Yes. Do you both deserve happy, healthy, and safe relationships? Yes. 
but that does not come from chaos in the back and forth. Now, this doesn't just apply to exes. It can apply to anyone you've gone no contact with. It can be family members, old friends, or even an ex-manager desperate to onboard seasonal employees to help with the holiday rush. I recently had a situation where a person that I had decided about a year ago I was going extreme no contact with set a trap to see what I would do. They did something that knew was going to piss me the frick off and boy did it and they waited to see what my response is going to be. A way to establish dominance, if you will. My initial response was, of course, anger and genuinely considering sending them a piece of my mind because I no longer wanted them to think that they could do something like this because I wasn't going to defend myself. I'm not just going to stand back and not stand up for myself. But I knew that to do it, it would mean breaking the one rule I had set up for myself. And if I broke it, I was going to get reeled back into a world of indescribable toxicity and even possible danger. So I spoke to my therapist about it, of course, and she asked, well, did you do it? And my answer was, no, I couldn't decide if it was worth it or not. And she replied, well, it looks like you've already decided. And yes, I guess there was a part of my mind that had already rationalized that the rule was there for a reason, and there was no way I was going to break it. It became clear to me that not responding didn't mean that I was weak and people could do anything they wanted and I wasn't going to fight back. No. It meant that I was so unbothered and indifferent to what they did or said that nothing from them would ever be enough to break my peace. They could flail and commit desperate attempts to grab my attention and I was going to remain an unmovable mountain embraced in tranquility. It was not worth it. And yes, even though in indirect or maybe even direct ways it was going to affect me, dealing with the consequences of the no contact would be better always than dealing with the consequences of breaking it. There is power in my silence. There is strength in my stillness. They're pathetic and I am not the one. So through my research, I watched a few TikToks because this has been a topic of conversation I've heard on the app and it was a a disaster. It's quite disheartening and borderline frustrating seeing girls go back to something that was clearly not meant for them, but to be spreading the message for others to do so as well is a whole other ordeal. This is certainly not a sign that you should be going back to something that was not serving you or advice on the perfect thing to say to make someone love you. You cannot control people's actions or feelings and no amount of effort is going to change that. Being rejected hurts and looking for validation and being wanted is a feeling that can be addictive, but you are worthy of being truly loved, not being seen as a game. You deserve more, girls. It's possible to have that healthy dream relationship. You have inherent worth, but don't go chasing it with people that don't want it. And if you're on the side of telling him not to speak to you anymore, but being disappointed because you secretly wanted him to discard what you were saying and prove himself and how much he wants you, then I highly suggest you listening to the learning to be comfortable with your boundaries being respected episode because that way of thinking hurts you more than you know. 
So whether someone is trying to Merry Christmas their way back into your life or it's you wanting to do the same into theirs, let's all just take a moment's pause and really reflect on why we're doing it in the first place and why we are so comfortable accepting something that isn't good for us. But hey, if you really think that it's time to reach out and things are actually going to be different this time, again, I can't stop you and I wish you the best of luck. So with that, it's time for Ask Me Anything. Today's question is, what are you passionate about? I'm passionate about uplifting women. (laughs) When I make these episodes, I'm of course envisioning all sorts of women out in the world trying their very best to survive and thrive, of course. But I'm also mainly thinking about my teenage and early adult year self because I feel like she really would have benefited greatly from a space like this. Just knowing that there was someone out there that had gone through similar things that she had and and is putting in the work every single day to getting better and sharing what they've learned. And undoing the unhealthy ways we've romanticized misogyny and sexism in the world to really help us become the happiest and healthiest that we can be. I'm of course still learning every single day and there are so many things that I have yet to experience and learn from but I'm excited to do it together in like the sisterhood. So yeah, that's what I'm passionate about. What are you guys passionate about? I would love to hear it. Okay, and before we end the podcast, I just want to give a small update because I did make an entire episode about it and I mentioned it briefly, but I finished reading Fourth Wing and oh my gosh, now that, now that is a man written by a woman. Are you kidding me? I was not prepared. I thought I was prepared, but I was not prepared. I give the book a solid four out of five stars. I didn't really like the ending. I did see it coming a little bit. I didn't dislike the main character, Violet. I just feel like she could have been fleshed out a little bit more. She had, especially in the beginning, some major main character syndrome happening where the world was kind of moving around her to make her special rather than her proving herself special to the world by her actions. But anyways, I still really enjoyed it. It's probably the best book I've read since I read maybe The Hunger Games around like 14, 15 years ago because, oh my, Zayden is the, probably one of my all-time favorite male fictional characters. And I don't say that lightly. Like, I was left speechless. Wow. He is a, he is a 10 out of 10 holy crap that 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 is now one of the epitomes of a man written by woman wow i am just i'm blown away i can't wait to read iron flame i am i have to catch up on the rest of my book club books so i have no idea when i'm gonna have enough time to read it but when i do i will give you guys if anyone is wondering 
a little bit of an update on that one. Wow, just Satan consumes my mind. Amazing, amazing. And I almost, and I kind of regretted for just a little bit making the Men Written by Women episode before reading Fourth Wing, but I, now that I think about it, I mean, my point still stands. If anything, I feel that 10,000 times more. I am now way more disappointed that real men are the way that they are and don't, I mean, look... (laughs) Could there ever be a real-life man that ever compares to Zayden? Probably not. Because holy crap, he is actually perfect. He is actually perfect. But anyways, yeah, that's my update on that. A perfect example of a man written by a woman. Amazing. Amazing. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Don't forget to follow the podcast, review, and rate it. And I will see you guys next week. Bye!